This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. By way of follow-up in the story that I just heard from our friend, and uh, he's a neighbor, Patrick Rocca. He's a broker with Bosley Real Estate in Leaside, and you know, he's facing these uh, threats and intimidation. I mean, some of the threats are vile and uh, even threaten bodily harm, uh, really beyond the pale stuff. But uh, it's that vulnerability gap because this can happen to anyone. And uh, whether it's ransomware trying to extract some kind of a ransom or just wanting to uh, create reputational harm or damage, uh, that could be a scenario that uh, if you face that yourself, what would you do? Uh, or how would one preclude that from happening? How to nip it in the bud? This is a case for David Shipley. He's our go-to guy, uh, the CEO of Boceron Security and Global News Radio cybersecurity expert and technology analyst. David, appreciate you coming on. Good afternoon. Thanks for the opportunity, John. All right. So you know Patrick's story. I believe you've spoken to him, haven't you? Yes, we spoke for a bit. Okay. Uh, so based on what he told you, just as he's related it to us, and I can use him directly as a specific example or just in general for anybody who might be facing this kind of a harrowing ordeal where somebody anonymously uh, is really coming after you. Uh, is it possible uh, that, you know, you can deal with this, unravel the mystery and find out who that person is? Sometimes it, it can uh, be possible to to uh, pull the thread and then find out because um, in the business that we're in the cybersecurity side, when we when people try and hide their identities online, there's a there's a belief that you can always be anonymous. And unless your operational security or opsec is perfect, eventually someone will always slip up. So the more data you can keep, the text messages, the emails, any kind of logs, any kind of uh, digital evidence that can be used, hopefully by police or private investigators, may start to reveal the signs of who this might be uh, behind these attacks. And unfortunately, uh, the the power to cause harm is so vastly disproportionate to the power to defend right now, it's completely unfair. And, you know, we're hearing about cases uh, like Patrick's, but we've also heard about cases where, in one case in B.C., a British Columbia man uh, had a vile, vicious campaign against his ex-wife in the United States where he stopped short of threatening violence up to everything there, but it was deemed criminal harassment in a groundbreaking case, and uh, he was prosecuted. Unfortunately, there difference between that case and Patrick was it was really obvious who was doing it. Right. But in the case of Patrick, if and when he finds out who it is, I, I guess that person is subject to prosecution, isn't he? Oh, I, I'm not a lawyer, but I would gather based on other cases that we've seen, certainly threats are illegal, certainly criminal harassment has now been set, and, and online activities have now met the threshold of criminal harassment. So, uh, you know, if this is an individual out there uh, perpetrating it in Canada, I can tell you uh, odds are very high you will get caught, and if you do, you will face justice. Um, and so, you know, it would be advisable to stop um, but, you know, at the end of the day, this is going to require police or these Internet giants like Instagram or email providers to step up and help everyday citizens when these kind of activities happen. 
Well, and they're less apt right now to do that, aren't they? They are. They're not really regulated to do that. So the problem is Facebook and Instagram and, and whatnot, they will hide behind um, legalese, their agreements, their terms of service. They will say, well, unless you get the police agency involved, we're not going to provide that information. And in some cases, there's legislation that requires them. In other cases, they're just not being that helpful, frankly. Um, but the problem for police, and I, and I do not fault the police services, I have a very good sense of how absolutely overwhelmed they are with cases that, that would make your skin crawl, and they are triaging uh, every day. Um, they don't have the resources to go after all this, uh, and they need more. Um, but unless they get involved and compel Instagram or others to provide data, it can be very difficult to track people down. In Patrick's case, uh, he is, uh, you know, he suspects the person is local uh, rather than someone offshore because I guess there are too many intimate details that this individual uh, knows about or is revealed in the communication as it is. Uh, so, I mean, does that change the equation? I mean, are somebody, you know, uh, less susceptible to be found out if they're offshore or, you know, is there certain risks involved with somebody being right there in the neighborhood? I think there, there's a couple of different issues that we have to unpack. I think if, if the, the odds of figuring out who somebody is increase over time, so the more messages are sent, the more time it's spent, the more likely a mistake is made, um, the more likely you are to get caught, whether you're local or international. The difference between local and international is whether or not you're in a treaty country, we can actually get the local police and legal system to actually recognize this as a problem and do something about an extradite. And we've seen that in other horrible revenge porn cases in Canada where uh, perpetrators have fleet overseas and in jurisdictions where they can't be touched. Um, so if you are local, the odds of getting caught are the pretty high, and the odds of getting prosecuted are reasonably high. Um, and it's just a matter of time before they get caught. And, you know, fortunately for, for Patrick, he has some means to fight back, and he certainly has the courage and will um, to go at this. And a lot of people don't necessarily have that same strength. So, you know, kudos to him. But to politicians, I would say, this is happening to men and women, everyday Canadians, more and more. When are you going to equip police? When are you going to equip individual citizens with tools to fight back? Now, the perpetrator, uh, is it somewhat necessary to be Internet savvy uh, and sophisticated to, you know, to perpetrate this kind of harassment campaign? Sadly, no. It would take a medium level of skill to pull some of this stuff off. With the proliferation of um, hacking tools, guides, and other things, um, it can be a, a weekend of watching YouTube videos to figure a lot of this stuff out. And because the general state of cybersecurity around the world is abysmal, it's easy to use other people's infrastructure, websites, other things to, um, to put forward this kind of vile material. So it's unfortunately not that hard to do. Um, and in fact, there are even some more vile criminal organizations that actually provide services to make this possible. So there's a whole criminal economy um, that lowers the bar for this and makes it possible. So it is a really unfair situation. Now, if somebody were uh, facing uh, maybe the initial blush of some kind of a campaign like into Patrick Rocca's, or, you know, just in general, if they wanted to preclude that ever happening to them, how do you harden the target? Well, uh, 
Um, first things first, you can't stop people from saying hateful things against you on the internet, but you can take steps to protect your online information and your accounts and your identity as much as possible. And we've talked about many things before, but two-factor authentication is your best friend. So that is if someone tries to log into your Facebook, your bank account, your email from a new computer or device, they have to have not just your username and password, but also a second code. And the best form of two-factor authentication are the ones where you have apps on your phone like Microsoft or Google Authenticator apps that generate codes right on your phone. Don't use codes sent by text message anymore. Too many of the cell phone companies, it's too easy to compromise your phone and steal the number and get that. So, you know, lock down your accounts, turn on two-factor authentication. Something as simple as even setting up Google Alerts with your name. So you can actually um, Google and Google Google Alerts, and you can set up special email alerts to look for any mention of your name online. And when that happens, it can send you a digest daily or weekly so you can check out what's being said about you. Those are some tangible steps you can do to monitor your reputation and to protect your accounts. All right, uh, David, I mean, it's just one of these things where uh, I feel for those who have been compromised this way, uh, that's why we seek your help in these instances. And for Patrick, I, I'm glad we had a chance to put you in touch and uh, hopefully uh, he can follow up on some of the advice that you gave him off air. Thanks for uh, sharing with us this afternoon. Thanks for the opportunity, John, and best of luck to any of those out there suffering the same, and, and best of luck to Patrick as well for justice. All right. Uh, David Shipley's a go-to guy, CEO of Boceron Security, Global News Radio cybersecurity expert and technology analyst. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 